Good afternoon. I'm Dr. John Ewing with Spirit Lake Wellness, and we're here with Erica today to talk about life after addiction. When you when did you decide that, uh, uh, that um, maybe getting high was a problem? Okay, we'll start there. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I spent a significant length of time um, locked up, and I went to a pretty extensive. Um, intensive treatment program in Tachita, yeah, the female um, prison up in Fond du Lac. And it was four months every day. Um, I kind of dove right in when I... Okay, so I'm going to rewind a little bit. So before I was transferred there, my son was in a very bad accident. um, And I wasn't able to to be there for him. I remember being on the phone and then him asking me, why can't you, why can't you be here? You know, it really hurts. And um, I think it was then that I um, kind of just put my foot down and, and decided that this wasn't going to be my life. And I still today find it so fascinating, like fascinating, just unbelievable that it would take something so terrible to kind of snap you back into me back into reality into you know it was it was such a reality check um so when I went to the treatment I kind of dove right into it you know I remember it was 14 of us and and you know when a lot of the girls answers they were you know just a maybe a paragraph mine were pages you know I I just I just you know I did everything they told me I did everything they said and I just wanted to learn and and learn and, and be educated beyond the experiences of falling down you know, to actually learn the new coping skills and to, and to have another way, you know, to learn another way. Um, so with all of that, you know, um, so I get, I guess I, I, then they feed you the, to the dogs, right? You get let out and you're in the world and, you know, then life, life sort of happens. And I like to think of, um, Recovery, um, I like to use the word well-briety, which for me is, is, you know, these healthy lifestyle choices. I like that so much better because I feel like, I feel like when we, when we use words like, you know, recovery and, and addiction and, you know, just, we sort of all, we're making ourselves the illness or the um, the addiction, and I like to I like to think that that I can move past that by making healthy lifestyle choices. I think that you know, um, for me, environment was probably the biggest, hugest, just the most important part of of anything before meetings, before. Um, medicine before counseling I mean before anything all that stuff is good as well and especially in the beginning but for me I think environment is the most essential part of of well-briety um you know your friends your the people you choose to surround yourself with mostly you know and I remember when I first I first got out I had zero friends I mean no friends it was I was so lonely but I also believe you know you you get what you put in you know um I sort I searched for you know resources I searched for um, new people to meet new people um, hobbies um, you know the lakes the the churches spiritual wellness 
um, the women at the yoga studio. I mean, just just I look I looked for that. I looked for for a safe, healthy environment. Um, you know, and it's not just active users or, you know, but, but toxic individuals and, and situations. It is important, you know, to be able to recognize these things and to remove myself from, from them, I guess, to keep it simple. Um, coping strategies. So, like, what to do when life happens. Thank you for these notes, by the way. They're back. So, coping strategies. Um, that's some of the stuff that we were taught. I guess uh, you don't have to come from a broken home to be an addict. I, I actually, you know, I, I think my parents did the best that they could. And, and, and truly, I, I've always thought of myself as someone who, who coped rather, rather normally, but... You know, then all of that addiction stuff came along and it sort of just reprogrammed the brain, you know? Like, I, I don't know, I... So they taught us those things in, in treatment and just all the different things you can do, you know, breathing and, you know, life comes in little waves and everyone... And, and those are the easy ones, you know, those are the, the... You know, everyone has problems and, you know, you can breathe, you can take a step back, kind of reanalyze the situation. But then there's the, the, big, the big ones, you know, the tidal waves, the, the ones that are designed specifically... To to mess you up, you know, and, and those are the ones that, that a lot of times we're not prepared for. And that's when it really matters, you know, when, when, when something, like if, if a parent would, would have died or if, you know, um, uh, something in a relationship, if a relationship didn't work out, you know, something huge, that, that is when it matters because that is often when we don't know what to do. And for me... Uh, God, I don't know. That's sometimes I'll just bust out the old books from treatment or I'll go climb a tree. I know it sounds so silly, you know, but just to to always get back to kind of, of who you are. Because when, when you love yourself, it, it makes it easier to, to make better choices. And I think that's what all the... The treatment stuff originally, I mean, the, the, the baseline, you know, the um, iceberg, the underneath the water stuff, they say, the beneath the surface stuff. I, I feel like it's so easy to keep that stuff hidden. So what I try to do is, is to, to, to let it all out. I don't know. I mean, I, I talk. I talk with my mother. I talk, talk with, you know, um, anyone safe. You know, the people that I trust. I have a lot of people in my life who are good people now. And, and I just, I talk to them. And I, but it, to me, that has probably been the best, most important coping strategy. When, when I keep things inside um, is when it gets dangerous. Is when, when you know, um, that's when like justification and rationalization and all that other kind of stuff will start. And it all is the same pattern, the relapse cycle, they call it. Um, I've experienced that even in my um, all this and the two so just over two years March first was it was two years for my sobriety and in all this time I've experienced that um, being so close um, and you know from just from kind of keeping things in you know stuffing things down and 
And I found that just being honest and um, with somebody you love, uh, somebody who, who isn't going to judge you, and hopefully by that time you have made these friends, you know, you have made or, or, or you have that support system, you know, because it is so important. So what do I have here next? Finding identities. So like for me, who am I without addiction, interests, hobbies? Um, these are off. These were learned with time. So it's so funny. I didn't just jump out and say, "Oh, I have all these hobbies, and this is going to be so great and so easy, and everything's going to be beautiful." These things, these are things I learned about myself, like with with time. Um, I mean, I was an addict for for almost five years, so so I lost a lot of myself. I I mean, even in even with all the treatment and all the learning and. You know, there was there was still so much growth that needed to happen, and and, and these past two years, gosh, now I, I feel like I feel like I almost can't identify with it anymore. You know, I I, I you know, hello America, I'm an addict. No, it's it's hello America. You know, I'm a I'm a Reiki master teacher. I'm a mother. I'm a gardener. I'm I'm a sister. I'm a friend. All these beautiful things. I. I don't know, I, I just think that, and it all, once again, comes back to loving yourself. You know, I, I often go to the treatment, I go to the treatment centers and the youth centers and I talk to, to um, addicts um, in recovery and, and um, teenagers in the youth and, you know, most often we, we talk about environment, but, but I remember them asking me, you know, how, how, how can, how do you find your identity? You know, you, you say love yourself, but how, how do you do that? How it does, it can't be that easy. And it's, and it's not, it's not, you know, you, you, but you can, a good start is loving the world, you know, accepting others, accepting the world, being able to go out into the world and not be, you know, we have this sense of entitlement as an addict, this sense of, you know, they did us wrong, you know, that we weren't the problem. And it's something that somehow, some way it's in our head that, you know, when we get out and we're so angry with the world, you know, but, but when you can love the world unconditionally, when you, if you can give love, it, it comes right back, you know, it comes back and you, and, and you love yourself. I mean, by loving, so many people would disagree with that. You know, they, they say, yeah, you can't love until you love yourself. You can't love others until you love yourself. But in my experience, that's what made it, that's what makes it easier, you know, is by not being so afraid of the world, by, by, by loving others and, and give, truly giving love. And then you find love in yourself. And when you love yourself, finding your identity, it's so, it so, makes it so much easier. I, and structure is important. Structure is important. And if there's one thing I've learned, you know, if you feel stuck in something now, just kind of wait a little while. Because if you wait it out, if you wait just a little while, an opportunity will, will present itself. And it won't always be a good opportunity. A good opportunity, you know, a bad opportunity, I mean, whatever. But th there will be a, a road, you know. You can make, you can make a change, you know, if there's something missing, you know, because life can tend to get, for me, I've always kind of been very impulsive, very on the spot kind of, you know, um, very fast paced. Um, I'm still that way with my, with my driving. Yeah, my friends, they laugh at me and make jokes, but. You know, if, if we could just, just take a little while to slow down, you know, just take some time to slow down and things don't have to be so hectic.
I think, you know, it's about the real value of a real education, which, with, which almost has nothing to do with knowledge, you know, and almost nothing to do with, with school or, or, you know, what you know, and everything to do with just kind of being aware, you know, staying aware, because it's so easy to get lost um, in, in our world. All, all culture, our society is very fast-paced. It's very um, conditioned. It's very, and we're all conditioned human beings, you know, and, and sometimes if you just, if you just slow down, I feel like we can get a better look. So, um, going back to when you decided to change, sure. it was because you were, you realized you were losing connections with people that were important to you. Amen. Yes. And has that come back? Are you able to connect with people better now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I have my son back full time. And, you know, he, at first he used to get so, he used to get afraid if I would have to go, if I went to the store, if, you know, I, I you know, or if I had somewhere to go and, and, you know, if he wasn't coming with me, he would get scared that I wouldn't come back. And, and he, he takes, you know, I make him, I make promises and I, um, I keep them, you know, he, he sees these things, he recognizes these things and we've bonded so much over this past, I've had him what, a little over a year, a little over a year that I've, I've had him back and my parents and I were so close, especially my mother, she, she's, um, she's been amazing. I have a key to their house again. I mean, I, and, and it didn't take long to get that. I, she, I had had a key. My mother and I, we talk about everything, maybe even things that, that are, you know, just such personal things and, but it helps to have that support system. You know, my sister, she's not doing so well. She's, um, still in active addiction, which, which makes it hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, because we were so close growing up. So, you know, she was like my best friend and, and we were addicts together. And um, so it's hard with her. Um, and it's, it's kind of nice because I, I can, you know, when I see her at mom and dad's, I know I'm safe, you know, because my parents are both there. You know, and if she wants to see me, you know, we make it a group thing, you know, if we're at dinner or we're in the living room, we're all together that way. I know I'm safe and I'm, you know, I, I, I strive. I mean, I worked really hard to get at, to get out of the, the community, uh, out of the, um, community. The, uh, yeah. The, the, get away from the, the using yeah, community. the using, right. The using community. Thank you. Um, I, I, I labels, I hate labels. So I try to like, yeah, that's a good one. Let's we'll stick with that. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I worked really hard to get away from the using community and, so for, for, for it to be so close to home like that is, is, it's a big deal. And I like that my parents are there because then, then I feel safe. I feel like I can still be there for her and lead by example. And So how about joy? Joy. Looking at your life now mm -hmm. compared to when you were in your active addiction, which one has more joy? <laughs> this is this a serious question? Yeah. Oh man, by far, this one, so much more. There's so much more. I mean, it took work. It wasn't easy. I mean, at first, you get out and you got the freedom syndrome and everything's beautiful and life is so wonderful. And But then, you know, that's just, I call it freedom syndrome because, you know, you didn't get all that in, in, in the inside or they call it or whatever. But I I think with you, when you make the effort, you know, and, and 
I mean, I reconnected with friends that I had lost, that, I, that, that, that I've known since I was five, you know, ten years old, that I had lost because they wouldn't watch me destroy myself. I've, I, have, I have my life back, like... I have a, a um, I'm a I'm a Reiki master. I have a business. I I my friends are are good, empowering, wonderful people, and they see the greatness in me, and I see the greatness in myself, and 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 get to be engaged, and to have my son, and even to have my sister. And it might not be in the way that I want to have her, but to be able to lead by an example to show her that that it's that this is real, that there is. A, that you can have a beautiful life that that there is life after this that you don't that just to just to be able to be that person for somebody maybe someday that I love so much I think that it's so much joy in that my practice my Reiki practice you know I partnered up with the yoga studio downtown and with my clients to be able to be somebody who can feel better to to have space to be a person they can talk to, to someone who can help them, you know, find their own natural ability to heal. There's so much joy in my life. How about anxiety compared to when you were in your active addiction? How about anxiety now? A lot of the times there's an underlining issue. In fact, getting better, um, really, really getting better is about finding what that is and, and... handling it, facing it, whatever. Um, a lot of the time there's something very wrong um, inside, something that's making somebody hurt or something in the brain that's not quite, you know, depression or anxiety or there isn't anything like haunting me from my childhood. So there was nothing to really, you know, a lot of, this felt good so I continued to do it. Now, because of this lengthy time period, I mean, that's every day of putting a poison into my body for almost five years. That's a long time. I don't, I get anxiety now, but it's more situational. And a lot of the times I find that if I just, if I just kind of breathe and take a step back, a lot of the times I have somebody with me, whether it's a friend, um, that can you know kind of help coach me through it like you know well we'll make a joke I often make a joke if if you know it's a coping mechanism you know my facilitator in in treatment she hated it because I was always making a joke when I'd get uncomfortable or ready to cry and and I would make a joke and she used to get frustrated with me because so that's something I've learned that works for me um I'm not much of a, I mean, it's not real bad. You know, I don't have, so I'm kind of a social butterfly. You know, it's not a lot of people. You know, I like the city. I like, you know, um, I get a little intimidated sometimes, I think. You know, um, I let my story define me sometimes, I think. And and that's definitely not the answer because if, if you let your story define you, um, then you'll never be. If I let my story define me, then I'll never be anything more than that. So... It's a lot of it is about being here in the now and being able to not to not always take it there. I don't always have to take it there back to you know active addiction because I'm somebody I'm somebody else. I am me. So if ever I get to feel if I feel like overwhelmed or kind of like pressure, any pressure, I try to think of what I love about me. 
because what I love about me, chances are, is what they'll love about me, if that makes any sense. I don't know. So that's what I try to do. That's kind of my coping, my coping skills for that, you know, jokes and, and, and self, kind of the self-affirmations, but mm-hmm. inside quietly. You know, I do those every day. Excellent. Affirmations. Yeah, I have two, over two years sobriety and every day, and I, you know, don't tell everybody this, but yeah, I, I do. Every day I, when I'm in the mirror, you know, you got a routine. I put on music every morning. I dance around the house every morning, every day, every day since I got out, every day. And I dance and I sing. And I tell myself in the mirror, you know, I am beautiful. I am powerful. I will make a difference in somebody's life today. Like I, little things like that. And they change from day to day. Every morning I do this. Every day. And some people might say that's weak, a weakness, you know, but I think it's, I think it's so powerful. I think it's probably one of the most powerful, powerful tools ever. I don't know. Um, Anger. Anger now compared to when you were in your active addiction. So, okay, okay. So in treatment, they we had to take you know anger management, and I remember saying you know I don't need anger management. Everyone else flies off the handle, you know, when they get upset. And I'm sitting with 14 girls. Well, there's 14 of us, and and they all were the just so like mad all the time, and and you know one wrong thing said or wrong thing done and it's you know a tornado with them you know but for me it's more I, I'm like I don't have anger I don't have an anger problem I don't need anger management there's not, nothing wrong with me but I did I'd stuff it I'd stuff it you know I, I did get angry I just didn't express it and therefore what ha- I guess what happens with that is with time you just stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and then I end up exploding on somebody that I care about because I'm comfortable with them and I've stuffed so much, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing that would happen before. Uh-huh. And sometimes, you know, I, I still haven't seen some of, some of the people that I had hurt when that had happened and maybe someday I'll, I'll get the chance to, to apologize and make, make that better. But now... I try to do it a little bit different. Um, I try to... Anger's a tough one. Anger's a tough one. And, and it's nice because I've created an environment. My life is very... Um, it's very nice. And it's, it's got very, very good people in my life. And a lot of times that I feel anger or I'm angry, um, the few that I can think of, um, rather than stuffing, I try to... I guess it just goes back to communication. And when I had said about talking about things, it just goes back to communication. I try now to to be just to be open to talk about it. To um, whether it's my fiance, my mother is is someone I I talk a lot to. Um, I try not to hold things inside because that's what I did then, or I would use. I would use so I didn't have to feel it, and that's why it, what made it so easy to stuff, you know. And now I think I still try to do the stuffing because it's just, it's my nature. I've never been one to, to fly off the handle. It's just not in my nature. However, rather than using and masking the feelings altogether, I try to, I try to talk about them. You know, I'm feeling this way because this happened or because you did this, 
you know, how can we fix this type thing? I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, there's some kind of order to that, like, I feel, because, you know, it's it's an exercise. I I try to practice it, but I'm, I'm very fortunate. My life is, is very is very positive. The environment is very positive, so I'm very fortunate to have not had to... I guess experience uh, anger very. I mean, not to the extent no. of. So um, you said a couple of things that kind of intrigued me. Yeah. You said that life comes in little waves and then in big waves, and then uh, you said being able to wait a little while. How did you learn to do that? How did you learn to to pull yourself out of that sort of inner world and then to be here in this other place in this here and now? I guess a couple of of ways. I um, so well. I meditate. I meditate. I meditate every day, every morning before the music, um, and breathe a lot of breathing exercises. So um, it can always come back to that. But I had learned how to do this when when I was in treatment. I had went to because um, it was. I mean, when you're surrounded, when you put a bunch of girls together. And it's it's just instantly. I mean, it's drama all the time, drama. But I managed to stay out of this. I mean, like the entire time. I remember I would get, I don't know, it's overwhelming. And I would just go to my cell and I would just sit on my bunk and I would just breathe and and just try to be with myself, try to be okay with myself. I rem- there was once a time where I had to be surrounded by, I could be surrounded by 40 people that I couldn't stand, that I didn't like at all. And rather than be alone like that and that's not okay you know if you can't be in your own company how are you gonna how are you gonna be able to wait something out how are you gonna be able to you know all you're doing by surrounding yourself with different things and different people is distracting the mind it's distracting what's really wrong what's 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 happening that you can't deal with or what's happening that you know it's so funny that that stuck with you because that's one of the things I wrote down about getting if you feel stuck now you know just wait uh, so I'm trying to think of the trick, kind of how to explain it. I just, you just wait. I mean, it's, it's a literal statement, you know. It's, it's meant to be taken literally, you know. You just, you be with it. It's so funny. My Reiki master, he always, he'll tell me, you know, I remember I was having some kind of dilemma and it was, it was huge and he, he you know, told me just, I'm, I'm so um, upset, you know, and I'm just looking for this profound answer, right, and he says to me, you just be with the feeling. You talk to the feeling as if it was there. Hello, anger, or hello, sadness. I'm going to go do the dishes. You know, come with me. Or I'm going to go for a walk. Come with me. You know, I'm sure you guys have heard this, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm like, are you kidding? This is your profound answer. Like, I'm dying inside right now, and this is what you're telling me to do. Like, and I just wanted to cry. Like, this is not, can't be this easy. But then I did it. I did what he said. I, I did it, and... And I mean, it works. If you're able to, it's not always as easy as to just breathe and take a step back and reanalyze the situation. It's not always that easy. Sometimes some things happen that will really hurt you or that can really get under your skin. But it's about being able to take responsibility. Because when you take responsibility, 
you're able to you're able to heal you're you're able to wait you know and even if it's a victim of circumstance type thing you know that big wave that just kind of comes in you know wrong place wrong time I don't much believe too much in that I believe there are exceptions to the rules but I you know we make we make our choices you know but I'm just saying if you can if, if, if I can take responsibility then I can find that place of here and now and be able to just kind of wait the opportunity you know feelings pass you know anger passes um confusion helplessness that's one I, I I can't I don't like helplessness that's probably my my worst most disliked feeling I don't like to feel helpless however if, if I can take responsibility for whatever happened or is hap- what's happening um if I take responsibility every single time it works um in that path way of to heal. I mean, does that answer? I mean, does that yes, it does. That's oh, perfect. Okay. That's perfect. I and tr- then, I tr- <laughs> um, so looking back then, uh, before you decided to get better, okay. um, were there times when you decided to stop using that maybe you weren't as sincere? And if there was someone here that was inactive and say like uh, one of your family members, okay. what would you tell them? So, well, I, I had tried to, I relapsed four times before I had, before this last time. I wasn't educated beyond the experiences of falling down. This is a huge thing for me. This is huge for me because I don't believe, a lot of, a lot of addicts don't get the chance to be, until recently, very, very recently, and now there's groups and there's people trying to make a difference and trying to change the treatment. You know, they just throw them in jail and they don't get the education and they don't learn the coping skills. You know, when I had quit four times before, I remember the first, I went to Florida to detox, I quit cold turkey. I was at like a two gram, 400 easy, easy dollar habit a day, easy. And I quit cold turkey and I thought I was going to die. And I did it, I did it, I did it. It was like a week, week and a half and we came home and I'm surrounded by addicts. I come home to a house and it filled with addicts and and it just I I managed to not use for about two and a half weeks which I think is pretty good living in a house full of addicts but you know we rationalize it in our heads you know I didn't have the tools I didn't have the education I just knew I didn't want to be a junkie I knew I didn't want to be a heroin addict I knew that that was not a way to live you know and as like time passed you know a week had went by and you know maybe another week you know another week and I'm thinking in my head you know this is it's just this maybe just every other day or maybe just you know I can do this you know I don't know I it never it always happened that way you know every time and then there was another time there was another time I had quit um Suboxone I used them off the streets though I didn't go to a program I had had traded with a with a guy and had quit in like a week. I weaned myself off them right away. Did I was sober probably three or four months. I was doing okay. Um, had new friends, but they but it wasn't safe, healthy friends. They were abusive, you know, kind of just not good people. And and so I had the right idea, but I didn't. I wasn't educated beyond the experiences of falling down. I was only doing what I knew. I was only. I wanted to get better, but I didn't have, I was like, it's like I could reach for it, but it was like right here, and I was like right here, and I just couldn't, like, I couldn't get it, you know? And then the abuse became the addiction, and then 
that turned into using to come out of that and that didn't work out and then I don't know there was so there was my point is there was some there were those you know there were those times and each time I think we rationalize in our heads addicts you know that you know reasons to use or rationalization justification those are probably my two biggest I gotta watch out for those to this day they're red flags spite spite is is a big thing we all have our red flag feelings and our red flag thoughts, and it is so important to recognize those, the cues, what happens in the stomach, what happens in the heart, what happens in the brain, what happens with your hands. Um, there are cues, and before, I didn't know how to recognize those and how to get away. Like, I just knew how to get rid of them, you know, the uncomfortableness. So this is very interesting. You've mentioned education many, many times. And uh, so getting an education about how to cope with your feelings and relationships was helpful. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. And it, it makes me feel like such a child, you know, to get an education on how to be a person. Like, it just makes us seem so messed up, but we're not. We're not. It's just we just, I don't know, we, we just chose the wrong thing. You know, we chose the wrong thing. And then and, and it creates, it makes us so we need the education that's what it is some of us are we're just hurting inside you know and I feel sorry for for the ones that have s- such terrible things that have happened to them and and they don't have the luxury of, of just being able to you know just work kind of work the steps and and you know keep the strategies and recognize the feelings you know they have the depression and they have the anxiety and they have all these underlying issues that make it so hard and being educated beyond the experiences of falling down. I can't say that enough because that's like exactly what it is, you know? That's exactly what it is. I've met so many addicts when I, you know, that they, they just want to quit, They, you know, but they just need, you know, I just need this, you know, a week because I, I have bills to pay or I just need, you know, I have to get through this week because or I have to do, you know, this because and they have the suboxone on the side and they're just waiting for the right time. And, you know, most addicts, they don't want to be addicts. Most, most addicts don't want to be addicts most of them they just don't know a way out and I think that you know past the detox if they can get the, a proper education you know a, 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 a real education you know and this this kind of stuff goes into all kinds of different things you know once you get past a lot of the you know the coping skills and the finding yourself and the you know then you get into like the spiritual things and you know some of the 12 some of the 12 step stuff a lot of most most healing all stems from that kind of stuff. You can call it whatever you want. And he calls it the 12 steps. My point is, you know, um, working on yourself, self work. They're taught, and this is in all kinds of, I mean, any way you look at it. And I really wish I could think of, of the examples, but each, you know, religion, 12 steps, you know, Buddhism statement is to, to love yourself, find yourself. What do you like? Who are you? How, what are you, these feelings? What are these feelings that make you react? What feelings do you react to this way? What feelings do you react to that way? You know, it's about an education. Finding yourself and loving yourself and recovery, you know, well-briety. Some of these treatment centers that, you know, they, 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 they help you learn these things. And that's, that's what I mean. You know, um, I think if more people, if more addicts got that education, that they'd have a better chance. I mean, at least for me, that's what happened. This is a beautiful story. 
and thank you for sharing it with us today. Yeah, I didn't miss So would you would you tell some of our listeners who might happen to have an active addiction, is there hope? Of course there's hope. There is so much hope. God, and you know, for anybody anybody who is struggling with with this demon or addiction, whatever you guys want to call it, I just reach out. You know, there are resources. There is help. You know, I I can't tell you how many times that I've I've heard, you know, there's no help. There's no help out there, not for me, you know, or that it's you know, some great world conspiracy. You know, it's not. We have choices. We make choices. We 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 are in control of our lives. And there is help for you. There's help. If I can do it, if I can do it, you can do it. Just reach out. Reach out to your loved ones. Reach out. There are resources. And there is hope. There is hope too. There is life past addiction without worry of addiction. Don't ever let anyone tell you you can't be normal and that you can't live a life, a healthy life, a normal life. What's normal? Normal is relative, but there is life after addiction. And thank and you very much. This is John Ewing with Spirit Life Wellness. And thank you, Erica, thank for you, sharing John. your story. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me.